This is NRL Boom Rookies. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of NRL Boom Rookies. I'm Matt Bungard. Alongside me, as always, Mitch Doyle. Hello. Good day, everybody. And Dale Roos is here, still Merry in the Christmas, nation's everyone. capital. Yes, yes. Mm. The best Christmas gift, not being in Sydney. Apart from this podcast, which I think we can also treat as a Christmas gift. Yeah, wrapped and... Yeah. <laughs> I assume this, is, this will top. probably drop on Christmas Eve night or probably... We might schedule a drop on Christmas Day. Just for, you, you, just for you guys. Look at you, wrapping your presents, Dale. I'm a gift bag sucker. I, just, uh, yeah, I don't want to... Bag, I, bag, look, wrap. I've given enough bags for uh, gifts in my life. So. <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I got incriminatory very quickly. I am moving along. Fucking hell. All right. Uh, so last question, Pod. I need to get Dale on my Christmas list. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah, Dale. I just want to you, apologize, Mum. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Mum's going to be so disappointed in you. Mum's going to be mad. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, so this probably, we might do one next week between Christmas and New Year's. I don't know. But um, anyway, this will, this will be, this is your little Christmas special. If you didn't listen to our podcast from yesterday, uh, we did one. Just shooting the shit in general, talking about didn't happen of the years and a, a, a skerrick of NRL news. There wasn't much to really go around, but um, you guys have lifted and given us one more batch of questions. So without any further ado, let's get into those. Okay, question time. Over on Patreon, as always, start with our patrons. First question from Andy Valente says, Northern Beaches, carrying the flag for the greatest city in the world, Sydney, Showing those silly Victorian how COVID control is really done. Discuss. Well, I mean, it is there. It is advantageous in the fact that no one on the Northern Beaches leaves the Northern Beaches. Yeah. So, I, except for that one was, old man yeah. <laughs> to Aladola to go swimming. And um, the, the this funny bit about that was like the bloke's like seventy as well. It was very strange. Like, come on, man. Um, I mean, that's what a shock though, is it, Dale? Though, right? It's like honestly, they, we keep getting you hear. Is you anyone know, more entitled than like rich, young people, old people yeah. from the Northern Beaches? No. No. I mean, the people who started this instance were rich old people. And me and Bungard spoke about this already. It's no shock that like when it went to Queensland and it was two young, you know, foreign girls or dark looking girls. that Front it, page. Yeah. Front page. Oh, yeah. Dogs the name. Two old white women who went around the Northern Beaches through five cafes. After what we've no one been knows who through. they are. No one knows who they are. No, no idea. Need to respect their privacy. Obviously. Yeah, that's it. But that, uh, those but, are the exact people who would do this. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, but yeah, we are it is reasonably under control. Everyone's everyone's doing good. Good job. I, I was I was talking to you guys about this earlier, but like I had to so my sisters, neither of my sisters, I'm the only one in my family that lives outside of Canberra or my immediate family. So I had to explain to them about like why this was being so well controlled. And I literally had to draw them a map to show where Avalon is. And my sister, my younger sister said to me, but why do people live there? I have never been that. To, I've to been to, I've been to Bilgola once because I, my flatmate um, many moons ago, her parents lived there. So we went up like just for an overnight cause I had a nice view. But yeah, other than that, I've never been further than Chroma really. I mean, it's, it's very much a Canberra and moron thing to say, why if someone live in Avalon, go to Avalon, you'll see people live there. I know yeah. it's the middle of nowhere, but it's a, it, it is a gorgeous oh, It's a nice part of the world. Sydney. Yeah. But it's just it like, is. it's it... clearly people who are never going to leave Avalon. Correct. And that's why it's been so well contained. Like all of these outbreaks have been at like the Avalon Bolo or the Avalon Anytime Fitness or the Palm Beach pub or like there's three suburbs up there those people never leaving i mean my main thing my main understanding from all this is just what this has taught me is still how little people understand the geography of their own city mm. like i get i've had so many people because i live in on the north shore the name's terrible because there's no shore near us but i yeah. live in Murunga 
and I've had so many people work-wise and personally message me about being in lockdown. Mm. And it's like, you do understand that Northern Beaches is like 40 Ks from my house. Yeah. You do understand that like, you know, Newtown is closer to Manly than I am. Mm. The North Shore isn't that close to the Northern Beaches. <laughs> like, Yeah. I know that they're both north of the bridge. That confuses anyone from south of the bridge and vice versa. People from north of the bridge don't know anything. Yeah. But what I'm saying it's is like I can people, be the bipartisan like, oh, man to bring us all together, Dale. I've lived on both sides. I can oh. bring the geography of Sydney together. You truly are the Bob Hawke <laughs> of the Northern Beaches. Okay, but yeah, people, yeah. I mean, it couldn't, as you as, said. But as you say, like, it's the same as people on the northern side of the harbour being like, oh, well, Canterbury and Bankstown are really close together. It's like, well, but Bankstown extends, like, all the way out to, you know, like, Reevesby and Canterbury's in the inner west. Oh, yeah. Western Sydney starts at Newtown yeah. for someone from north of yeah. the bridge. It starts, the west the, starts. starts in the Anzac Bridge, yeah. Everyone knows Western Sydney starts uh, west of Burwood. Thank you. Yeah, it's yeah. West, Westfield Burwood is the is Correct. The yeah, exactly. No one wants no. If you ask someone in my area, it starts at South Taramara. That's all. <laughs> well, it's funny that you mentioned Burwood, um, Bungard, because like West's Leagues is at Ashfield. True. So yeah. that makes perfect sense. Yeah, but as you said, it's kind of been advantageous that it's been Northern Beaches to show that the contact tracing has worked. But, yeah. And I mean, I, I know everyone is right, wrong on this and right on this, and I don't want to go in too many COVID takes, but it just um, good to see the tracing work because it's not going to be COVID zero for a long time. No. And it, you can't, we can't keep going to shutting every border always when it happens. I was shocked that Canberra shut their border because I was able to go to Canberra when there was far more corona cases in Sydney when I mm. went there ages ago. I was, I was shocked they shut us out. It's um, it's only it's it's people from so like they're, they're obviously worried about it coming mm. um coming here, but like that if by shut the borders you mean like there's random the equivalent of random breath tests and they're just like oh have you been to Sydney? Okay, have a nice day. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's, it is quite strange. Um, especially like that the ACT government kind of made a bit of a boo-boo when they said, oh, it, the Illawarra and Shoalhaven are included when Illawarra includes Wollongong, Shell Harbour, um, and Shoalhaven. So like people from Nowra weren't able to come, even though they're a hundred kilometers from Sydney. So, uh, yeah. there's a little bit of confusion here, but like I went to the main, the big shopping center in the middle of town yesterday and no one's wearing masks. There hasn't been community transit transmission here in about four months. So it's it's been quite well contained. I mean, for mine as well. I don't know why people in Sydney and so I had to punch down with Victoria. You know, yeah. let Victoria yeah. act like for some. It was weird how they were enjoying that there were some cases in Sydney when it happened, and it's uh, the state. It's stuff a gets very Melbourneian thing. Listen, yeah. Queensland and New South Wales don't have to punch down to Victoria. You know, yeah. <laughs> let them hang out down there. Yeah, whatever. Uh, next question, Josh Brandon. Is the four months of preseason training more about fitness or just a logical extension of employing full-time professionals, i.e. 12 months with a decent amount of annual leave? That's a good question. I think, though, like, if if you're talking about it's, I think it's more about maintaining, like, not necessarily about employment, but it's more about maintaining the professionalism of, of, an, of an athlete from an ongoing point of view. Because, like, if there's anything that COVID has taught me, it's that us non like if you don't have anything to do for an extended period of time, you are going to put on weight. That's it, mate. It's just a hundred percent part of it is being the full-time employee because mm. you know, November, it doesn't really have to start in November. No, it, you know, November, December, January, February, all that kind of stuff. You spend as much time training as you do playing throughout the season pretty much. And, but as you said, it's just, they can't give them four months off. It's like <laughs> yeah. whenever you hear that kind of thing about like, Oh, you know, now he's going to get a full preseason. It's like, it's, it's not necessarily about training 
like because you can go to the gym and you can run laps and all that kind of stuff but it's about being in the intensity of of a professional yeah. group well that's the reason why full preseason matters so much in rugby league though because a full preseason means four months of training that's why because yep. you can actually stack on a fair mac like a muscle in four months and lose yep. weight that's why it matters so much but some other sports with a shorter turnaround you don't hear them talk about that's the, the full preseason mm. you know in football you never hear them go oh that guy's got his first full preseason in years yeah, so like not, it, it yeah. only really matters for like coaching and that kind of thing where you can kind of drill a player and a, gr- a yeah. playing group for as long as possible. But like yeah. it just, that doesn't exist in, in the league. There's definitely has to be part of it. I hadn't actually thought about that, Josh. It's a good question, but there has to yeah. be part of it that they want them doing something. Mm. Four weeks yeah. of annual leave, well, just like the rest of us schmucks. That's literally why AFL got invented, right? So cricketers had something to do in the offseason. Yeah, yeah. And so I so racist had somewhere to congregate, which ah, wasn't a, yeah. yeah, good, good. Anyway. Uh, enough about the northern beaches. Uh, I was going to say enough about <laughs> punching down to Victoria. <laughs> is the NFL doing the same as the NRL, where there are a few very good teams and a lot of bad teams, causing to be more predictable than usual, or am I just very tired after a long year? He said, um, "Bengals and Jets, more recent wins aside." I don't know. I I don't think, apart from the Chiefs, you could predict with any confidence that any team is going to make a conference championship or a Super Bowl right now. Hmm. I mean, is aren't the NFL and NBA that kind of sports that there's always some really bad teams? There like has it's, to be, by definition. Yeah, but there's just there's there's advantageous. Yeah, but there's always teams that are way bad. worse than NRL because it's yeah, it's because there's a incentive <laughs> yeah. to be bad. Yeah, there is. Like last year, you saw the three win uh, Washington football team, mm-hmm. <laughs> the Detroit Lions, and you had what? Who got the first pick? Bengals two wins. Yeah. Like most most years in the NRL, I know there's slightly more games, but like the worst winning percentage is probably usually what like thirty percent. The the deviation yeah. from fifty percent is generally much yeah. much less. Yeah. Than Whereas like you have teams winning less than ten percent of their games some years, or like yeah. you know, I mean, we've had winless seasons in the like yeah. two in the last twelve years. Like throw out twenty sixteen nights, and like the the quality of like the gap between last in the NRL and the mid table is far mm. bigger than it is in those sports. Mm. Um. But yeah, no, I don't know. Like, the, really, honestly, like the Chiefs look amazing, but everybody else it's wide open. So yeah, and but also if there if there wasn't draft picks, some of those other teams would have more wins. Just the that's fact. true. Yes, the Jets and the Jags would have more wins than they do. They might not be intentionally tanking, but there's some games they lost that were unlosable. Mm-hmm. When the you know the, the Jets, Jets rushing the eight was or whatever on a, on a hail mary, <laughs> you know, yeah. Uh, okay, next question. Uh, Frankie, as Moylan has been the first to train the 2021 houses down, what other duds <laughs> do you think will also create homelessness by training more houses down? <laughs> well, as as we mentioned earlier, like uh, there, there there could be a there could be a shortage of houses. Yeah, um, and around Sydney, it's not going to be long till we get the first story about Bryce Cartwright training the house down at Parramatta. Oh. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that will be that has to be like a between Christmas and New Year's filler. It's coming, it's coming. Yeah, who else did they? Who else? Oh, they've got Keegan Hipgrave as well. So like, they could train the house a, down together. Imagine those two trying to build a house. Holy there, shit! There could be like Keegan Hipgrave has, I don't know, maybe he's taken up some kind of like he's doing a TAFE course and yep. he's just enrolled for a TAFE course. Oh, good, good. That's that'll be a story. Six yep. six hundred words. That's half oh, a page so for you. Funny. But yeah, there's not really any like Dave Taylor, Owen Craigie types anymore that you get the same yarn about every off season. So. Anthony Milford. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. Jack, Jack Bird. Jack Bird will get a train in the house yeah. down for sure. Hundred percent. And there's two papers. He could get one in the telly and in the local. Mercury. There you go. In the, the Mercury. Cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
And Frankie's next question, 2020 is wrapping up. Give us what you think could be the dumbest take you've heard on any topic this year. Oh, a lot wow. of contenders in a very hot field. Hmm. I mean, it has been like the, the take year of the century, hasn't it? Mm-hmm. It's just got to be the standard COVID is a scam is mm. like the most prevalent and the most damaging, I guess. Oh, like, I've got a good one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scott Morrison saying, I'm not holding a hose. Was that this year? <laughs> Jesus Christ, that was this year. Holy shit. I'm not holding a hose. I'm not out there holding it, a hose. No, wasn't it? I don't hold a hose, mate. I don't hold a hose, mate. Or yeah. Whatever it was. Um, that was this year. Fucking hell. That feels like it was ten years ago. Yeah. Oh, the five G. The five G takes about that. Five G takes are good. Yeah. Yeah, Any but, dictator damn nonsense. Um, yeah. Oh god, that whole thing. Well, it almost getting people off the Herald Sun. That was ridiculous. That whole campaign. Yeah. Down there, but uh, I do think any of the it's too easy with coronavirus being a scam stuff. Mm. It's by yep. fire it. Okay. Uh, next question. Uh, Matt Coleman says the NRLBR Twitter and Instagram accounts get an influx of 15k new followers, but the catch oh, no. is, oh no, <laughs> your inbox gets inundated with marriage proposals from weird Indian men. <laughs> is the trade worth it? No. Oh, we could just buy those followers. Yes. <laughs> I would rather sell. But you wouldn't actual- get the interactions, though. Yeah, but I would rather make. I would rather spend my money than sell my soul. Oh my god! Um, I, so the only no. way that tra- they get people know this by now, but followers doesn't equate to real measures. Like doesn't equate exactly. to income or financial benefits. Or whatever. If those fifteen k people listen to our podcast feed every week, yes, because fifteen k would we be one of the number? We'd be probably number one podcast in the damn country that yeah. many listeners. But we'd be able to make yeah. money off that. In my inbox for just to have a beer follow account? No. No. And that whole campaign is, yeah, I mean, it's beyond sad at this point. Yeah. Uh, Harvey G. When I saw the episode titled Bungard and Campos airing of grievances, I was expecting some aggro between those two boys, a knockdown, drag out, shit fight. I was anticipating possible fisticuffs. I was at least expecting some real dumb takes to get pissed off about. Instead, what we got was a lot of reasonable, intelligent discussions about two blokes with their heads screwed on straight. That's what I was listening for. Can I please get an apology? <laughs> Sorry. The problem we ran into is that Campo and I, when there's not an instigator driving a wedge between us, actually agree on those things. So yeah, that was yeah. you definitely needed male dial there. That was a, that we needed yeah. a fi- we needed a, fi- a fire stoker. I, I yeah. it was. It's funny because when you mentioned this, I was like, I feel like I'm gonna have to moderate this. Yeah. Mm. No, I didn't want that because you would just both of you would just side with him on everything. No. So. And then and then the, the arguments that the people paid for. Yes, exactly. And that would make you more angry. It's Very impossible good. to find an impartial moderator. Actually, no, Harry Ramage would have been impartial. He could have mm. done it. Would have he? I feel like he still would have gone with Campo. No, no way. Harry's my boy. Well, they would have brought up his candle in the country and then it would have been hands would have been flying. No, away. Harry, I think Harry quietly resents Campo for being a fake country boy. Well, there's not a moderator then, is he? Yeah. <laughs> there you go. So there we go. Yeah. So we have, went to school in Campbelltown and lives in luxury in, in Leichhardt. But is it? See, already this yeah. is the tension we could have had with a potential yeah. mediator yeah. <laughs> in the room. I'm um, sorry. Good podcast, though. Yeah. Uh, as you said, people expecting more, uh, you know, he wasn't talking over you as much as usual. That was different. That was a different yeah. move. <laughs> <That's> true. <laughs> uh, I've run to Twitter. Uh, Warwick Ahern, he says, what's an acceptable time to get on the beers this Christmas period with the in-laws? May have Irish at my coffee two out of three days into the holiday. Two or yeah, three days into the holiday. You, you, mate, you, you go. Go now. Yeah, it's, it's, you're away. for me, it's like 
if if you've if you've knocked off work, you are a free man. Be 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 yourself. If you want an Irish coffee at eight o'clock in the morning, go nuts. Just don't arrive. This is never an experience I'll have in my life. I just realised, like my missus being Russian, living here, they don't do Christmas anyway. Yeah, I'll never have to do that. That's really good. Oh wait, <laughs> I, I I don't mean it from a like a. No, I don't I think know. it's. I don't think it's like a. Oh my bloody in laws coping. No, I think it's just a no. like drinking yeah, early in the I day. Mm. But, but I, yeah, I do think Christmas calories don't count. Like there's this, like, the whole thing. The you know the, your weight doesn't count for about ten days here. You yeah, do whatever true. you want. You drink, eat everything. Mm-hmm. And he said, and I can really respect Irishing up a coffee. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, you've tried that. What's that new weird coffee it's, drink? It's not great. Bungard? What the it's a, Jamison cold brew? Yeah, yeah. It's not very I good. Just I actually haven't. A, actually, I haven't tried putting it in coffee yet. So I need to try that. Actually, I would just go and get it like a, a Mr. Black, and then oh, put that's that, great, Mr. Black. Put that in my coffee. No, Mr. Black's awesome. Yeah, yeah. What's Mr. Black? Let me Google. It's a coffee liqueur. Yeah, it's they, it's sourced from the uh, sourced from the Central Coast. Oh, I don't oh, know that. Anyway, I've it's never really seen good. Mr. Black. It's it's really yeah. good. Okay, uh, Fr- friend of the show, Am Sprouser did the uh, did the bottle design, and she as she will tell you. Oh, will she? Who? Friend, friend of the show. <laughs> Jesus, don't don't neg our, don't neg our patrons. <laughs> I thought Camper wasn't on this week. <laughs> Jesus. Um, Pat Lawrence, twenty six. You can choose one Australian bowler for Christmas Day backyard cricket. Who do you choose? Cummins for me, Warney. I mean, what are, what are my what are my criteria here? If I want someone for my my backyard cricket, I'm I'm not. I don't want to pick a, a Pat Cummins. I want to. No, you variety. want you want a spinner. Ooh, yeah, you want it to be fun. You, I'm picking Warney all day, every day. Can no, I, I, I'm picking Ooh, Funky Miller. That's a, yeah. Colin yeah, Funky Miller is bowling medium off breaks, and well, you know he did his fast medium that he went to bowling off break. That's my guy. That's a backyard I, cricketer. I, I take back Pat Cummins, and I'll say Andrew Simons because I think a. Christmas would be a ripper with him there, and mm. B, he it does like a, a medium, slow to medium down yeah. trundling, <laughs> two steps. Imagine how good the fish would be for Christmas too. <laughs> oh, you're right. The salmon's <laughs> have a good overrate in the backyard too. Everyone yeah. hates that friend who takes a run up in the backyard. <laughs> uh, but oh, I do think um, so. Like, what, if you're talking batsman who I'd hate to play with, whilst being my favourite limited overs cricketer. The seventh time Glenn Maxwell reverse sweeps you over the neighbor's fence. Yeah. Listen, Glenn. He's so annoyed. Would you stop fucking doing that. Imagine playing against Raul Dravid in backyard cricket. He's just building an innings. Just, just going to get to the end of the day's play. Michael Bevan just noodling the ball into Mum's roses. Yeah, that's it. He just want to see out bad light at the end of Boxing Day, bowling, to, batting to nine p.m. <laughs> Mum, put the floodlights on. Mum, I can't see the wash. I can't see the washing line. Well, Warwick Ahern said, how cooked would it be if the Browns end up with an 11-5 and five record and miss the playoffs? Uh, I wouldn't have anything against it. <laughs> I mean, it would, be, by that news. it would be the most Cleveland sports thing ever, though. Yeah. Like, they suck forever, and when they have a good year, they still can't have nice things. Yeah. Uh, what's, that? what's the John Boyce video? The Cleveland Browns live in hell? Yeah. Um, like, that's it. I think that the Colts or the Dolphins will lose a game, so they should be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah, you'd think they'd make it. I mean, it requires that to lose they have to lose to what you guys, don't they? No, no, no we beat them twice. They've been twice. We, we play the Bengals and the Giants, so we're gonna win out. Um yeah, but... they just need that they if but if they win out, they make it anyway. Yeah, and they've got the Jets and the Steelers, and I yeah. know the Steelers. So the I mean, Steelers game could be everything. 
They would have been if, if if we did an NFL boom rookies about a month ago, we would have been ripping them. We were yeah, yeah. they were never we were ahead of the curve. They were the biggest frauds of all time. And yeah, I'm, not, I'm sure the Browns should probably beat them. I mean, can the, the Steelers can't, but they're going to go from like 11 and 0 to 11 and 5 potentially. They can't yeah, miss it's going to be very so. funny. Uh, next question uh, comes from Not Elvy. He says, "Is is next season really going to be Milford year?" Well, I mean, is it? Has he trained the house down? Mate, I'm put, I'm ready to put the clown makeup on, mate, and go and stand for my boy <laughs> Going into one battle. More time. That's it, mate. That's it. <laughs> but no, bro, no. <laughs> uh, Simon underscore eel ninety seven. Who is in for a harder regression? The Penrith Panthers or Miami Heat? Um, two good regression candidates. Uh. I'm gonna go the, the the Miami Heat. Like Penrith have been banged, like talking too much shit about thinking that they weren't gonna lose any players and all that kind of business. But they still got a lot of the squad together for next year, and I yeah. think they'll regress a little. There'll be more disturbances, you know, Origin and all that business. But I don't think they're gonna regress to like you know tenth. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, what about you guys? Uh, I think. Uh... There's the problem. Well, Penrith will regress because they lost one regular season game in the whole year. So, uh, true. That's uh, yeah. That they, right they're going to regress. They're going to. I think they'll still be good next year, but they'll probably lose like six or seven games. So, that's a six hundred percent regression, Mitchell. So. Yeah. Okay. No, you're right. That's a numbers, man. That is a number. <laughs> yep. Uh, I tend to agree. Like, and also, there's there's more. There's the because they've talked so much smack about you know, keeping the boys together and all that kind of stuff, they, that people will want them to fall further. So any regression will be seen as a greater regression. Yeah. So, whereas yeah. people kind of like the Miami Heat. Yeah. They have a bit much bigger fan Good base point. and I guess they're much less viscerally hated. That's true. Mm, okay. Next question. Uh, Thought on FB. When will the people's team, teams, sorry, the Brisbane Broncos and the Dallas Cowboys finally mm. regain their perch? Oh, it's tough being a Broncos Cowboys fan, isn't it? <laughs> Not great. Probably would have been really good 20 years ago. Yeah. But every offseason, you know, like, you know, Dallas, just like the Steelers, every offseason, they're going to win yeah, the yeah. division by distance. Um, The Broncos, oh, the, the Cowboys will be fine if Dak's back next year, but who knows if he'll ever be the same. But they got Mike McCarthy for at least another year. They won't let he him go He is a yet. bad coach. Terrible. What a shock. Who no, knew? Who could have seen this coming? <laughs> spent In his interview, he spent one day doing analytics and he was an analytics guy, apparently. Great. <laughs> um. I feel like it's easy for both of them to get to go back up, but I don't think the Broncos are going to regain what they ever were. Yeah. So maybe the Cowboys would do it first. But when will they? Probably never. <laughs> uh, next question comes from... Oh, here's uh, a familiar face, but not to the podcast. Anna Harrington. What's your favourite Christmas song and why is it Last Christmas? Oh, it's that's top five, but it's not number one. What's your number one? Number one's either All I Want for Christmas Is You or Fairy Tale of New York. It's one of the two. Yeah, Fairy Tale of New York for me. Uh, so, Fairy Tale like mine is Last Christmas, but it's it's a bit of a it's a sentimental meaning to me now, unfortunately. But it's um just my like as you said, Anastasia, my missus, Russians don't do Christmas; they do uh, they do New Year's. Oh. Uh, they still have uh, Father Frost, <laughs> not, not Santa Claus. They have Father Frost and what's her name? He, and 
father, I forget his, but I know her, his Russian name, Snigorichka, her name, I forget her name. Rasputin. Though. Rasputin, that's it. Or yeah. Snow Maiden, that's it. She's the Snow Maiden. Uh, they do that instead. But Last Christmas is one of her favorite songs growing up because of the Wham film clip. So <laughs> I have a sentimental touch to Last Christmas anyway. So that, I think that, that'd be mine. That is a that is very interesting. I do do love Fairy Tale of New York, um, and uh, I mean, you know, the gravy song. Everybody loves the old gravy song. Yeah. My, what's it called? White wine in the song makes my mum cry. Oh, that's so, a good song. Yeah. Um, not that one. Don't like seeing old mama bear cry. And I still stand for Michael Bublé Christmas albums. <laughs> like, okay, Except for that one where he changes Santa baby to Santa body. It's like, mate, what, what was that? What up. was that tweet the other day? I saw this is, it was like, yeah, mate, extreme no heterosexual yes. energy. Yes. <laughs> Someone's. I saw a reply to that was like, it'd be even weirder when I start calling him Santa Daddy. <laughs> uh, <yes. laughs> okay. Uh, next question. Oh God, Simon's back. He said, should the Warriors trade Steph Curry? If so, why should it be to Milwaukee? <laughs> um, obviously, he's trolling. But I do like now that the Bucks have spent, fans have spent like the last five years seeing every single team talking about Giannis getting traded to their squad. And now they've locked up Giannis. Their Bucks fans are just trolling about every potential superstar going to their team. So it's good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's nice for them. Good on them. It, it is. Uh 86 Geek says, if you were the West Tigers CEO, what moves would you do to make the Tigers contenders in 2022 with a large chunk of cap becoming available? Uh, I would move all of my stuff out of that job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Frankie replied, best available move is going to Perth. So I was going to say, I'd be moving out the top floor. Uh I haven't. I don't know. I feel like this is an in-season question. I have this no idea who's like off contract. A, this is like I have a, no clue. I'm sorry. They have like yeah. a yeah. This is almost like a whole podcast question. It is okay. DJ Ibs says, should the NRL introduce individualized numbers or individualized numbers and names on jerseys to further build revenue in branding? Aka the a- NFL. God, I'm struggling with this question. Yeah, God. Like if you, you think about all the big off-season signings in the past, how many Knights fans would buy Ponga jerseys with his name? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd like uh, the Super League do it. Hundred percent. It's yeah. You, you, how many Thurston Seven like twenty-five dollar t-shirt jerseys could the Cowboys have sold over exactly. the last ten? Give me a break. Come on. Well, I mean, I'm it's no like, I don't know why we yeah. don't do it. I've said it many times in the past here that I would yeah. love to have owned a rookie jersey of a day for feet or a similar, but ironically, during the recording of this podcast, we got a delivery, and delivery in my room is a rookie card from NBA. I'm getting into card collecting. That's a whole other thing. Nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the same thing. I'd be collecting rookie jerseys if I could get rookie jerseys. Like, I yeah. rookie cards. You know, that's it. As you said, it's, that's if they, they keep putting the jack and the price of the jerseys up, they keep making, you know, three or four alternatives to sell more jerseys. The easiest way is just that. I don't understand numbers. why it's not a thing. Yes. Yeah. And then you can I just get them really from the club shop it. and the club makes all the money. Yeah, that's I it. understand it. Oh, well. On the on the topic of uh, rookie jerseys, Mitch, friend of mm. the pod, uh, John Sharkey, uh, purchased a 1992 Penrith home jersey today for $25 from an op Where shop. That so. An up shop uh, oh. up in up in Queensland, and I looked it up, and there is one for sale for seventeen hundred and fifty pounds on the internet. So, uh, good well, good dollars. That's funny because op shops have generally got better at do, doing this over yeah. recent years, but that one, they've, Vinnie's would never let you get away with that kind of deal. It had no. to be a local op shop. Okay, next question. 
Oh, this is another good one. This is definitely up your alley, Bungard. Yeah. From our good friend Campo37. He says, yeah. most underrated Futurama episode. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, and he got a reply from the Scorch Sizzler saying, has to be Luck of the Fryish, which is the best future Futurama episode, but it's not over. It's not underrated. If you go on IMDb, it has a 9.5 rating out of 10, that episode. It's the second highest rated episode behind Jurassic Park. So, so what's the, what's the first, what's that episode? That's the one with Fry, and he thinks his brother stole his name after he died and stuff, but it turns out it was actually his his brother's son that did all that oh, stuff. Because yeah. it's incredible. It's my favorite yeah, episode, episode, but not underrated because, again, second highest rated episode on IMDb. So you can't call it underrated, unfortunately. Um, uh, other ones that I was thinking, this is the thing, I pulled up the list in order of like the ratings, just trying to think of all my favorite episodes. And like The Sting is the B one. That's top five. The, the original finale where they do the rock opera, that's number six. Like these aren't underrated because they're all so highly rated. So um, in terms of underrated, I have to go with one of my personal favorite episodes, which is only ranked number 69 out of 140 nice and that i just worked out that way but yes uh and that is the episode uh called future stock which is the episode where fry goes to a meeting for cryogenics anonymous like people who were cryogenic present and meets that 80 stock trader who then takes over the company <laughs> it's one of the most quotable episodes it's one of my favorite episodes oh, I, have no idea why episode. I have no idea why it's like halfway down the list so oh, that I, is uh, yeah. my answer for most underrated um, but if you want to know my favorite episodes, it's Luck of the Fryish, Devil's Hands of Vital Playthings, The Sting, uh, the one I just mentioned, and Amazon Women in the Mood as well, which again is not underrated because it's like the 12th highest rated episode. So, oh, that's wedged between some good episodes too. That, 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 um, I had to Google what Fuji Stock was when we were talking. Yeah, so I was yeah, like, yeah. what episode is that? But it's wedged between Godfellas and then the Iron Chef episode. So, yeah, yeah, it's a strong run. Say, I think in general, Futurama is a, a grossly underrated show. In, in, in pop culture anyway yeah not mm. one that i've watched enough of but... do you two have any no nah, i don't i no. don't know enough to have the takes enough. my friend yes, not that it's stopped me in the past yeah. what a show uh, that i mean and, and there's only um there's only four episodes that have a rating of under seven and there's only one episode the lowest rated episode of all 140 is 6.5 on iron and you can compare that to like the simpsons which has like so 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 many bad episodes now it's yep. just like the, the beauty of Futurama was that even some of the later season episodes are actually still good mm. um, to the point where like the, 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 the final finale, the finale of the like last season, which only came out in like 2013 is like the third highest rated episode. So um, yeah, you're right. It's, it, it's, it's to me the most underrated it's up there with Malcolm in the middle for the, like the most underrated comedy shows ever made. And I can't say enough Mate, Malcolm about it. I'd go through so many rewatches of that show. So I have good. no idea how that got vanished from pop culture as it mm. did. Got a race. I do understand that once uh, Jamie's born, the show kind of sucks. But it's so peak from before then. It's so good before that. And at least they stopped making the show. They didn't keep going. Like, as you said, with. Yeah. There were some bad episodes when after Jamie's born. Yeah. And, but they stopped. <laughs> and so, you know, I said that there was, what, four episodes of Futurama that had a rating of under seven? Mm. Uh, so there's like 700 episodes of The Simpsons and like 300 of them have a rating of under seven. So, Oof. yeah. Uh, okay, next question comes from... Oh, wait, you've, I'm actually reading the response to that one. My bad. Got to be like with the fryish. <laughs> you already answered that. Uh, Ryan Watson says, best and worst club kits of all time in the NRL and also best Ooh. and worst club kits of all time in any sport. Okay. Um, the... Uh, I... 
my favorite i'm just excluding souths my favorite non-souths series was where the roosters had the superman one i think it was the captain america one they did that was sick a couple of yep. years ago um any some of and uh, that's probably my favorite non-souths jersey i think worst there's a few absolute stinkers like the bulldogs ed hardy one they had that time was atrocious yep. the dragons one with the red v was poppies was awful yep. um I unironically loved those ugly, hideous teal Broncos jerseys from like 2002. I love them. I don't think they were shit at all. But you're a Bron- a Broncos fan, and you probably have a different opinion. Uh, I think they're just shit for like the application of what club and how yeah. wrong it was. I think that's why they're terrible. I think the Titans kits are the most offensively shit general most they're years. Always they're bad, just, yeah. always yeah. just average. Yeah. Um, the good good response from Tom Hardy. He said, "Any NRL superhero kit and the Mavs." City jersey, Dallas Mavericks city jersey last year, which is right the, out there. That one was bad. It was like a, it was like a, an optical illusion. It looked different on every player. Um, Terrible. Wait, which worst, one of these jerseys is it? Is it the Dallas, one with like the graffiti writing? Yeah, yeah with the, the graffiti, graffiti writing on the like front. A, okay, it's like a bad, you know, uh, local basketball. Like it, it looks like something that you've NCAA put together game. in two K. It's not great. Yeah, it's not great. Um, so NF NRL wise, my favorite jersey, and I know people. It's because it's ugly, but the Diamonds jersey with the Broncos, mate, that's my favorite yeah. ever NRL jersey. I love the Diamonds jersey. So do I. And then I would say the worst is the teal because that's because of what it is for me. I understand yeah. what you're saying, Bungard, on its own. It probably isn't actually the worst jersey, but oh, it's just what it, what it is for the Brisbane. It just has no no place being a jersey for them. Mm-hmm. That's Awful. fair. I do. And I also do love the old South's Minty Rappers jerseys or the white one that had Canon as a sponsor was good yeah, as well. They were good. Yeah. The, didn't we? There was a bloke at the pub um, when we came oh, down to the camera. Oh, the white Raiders jersey. Yeah. 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 That was sick. Like, uh, I feel like favorite. a modern. I mean, they can't, the, that Bronco jersey is kind of in our podcast colors. So. <laughs> Oh, well, we can, you know, <laughs> we can make it happen. Much, but yeah. so, but do, we, do, do we know any manufacturers of jerseys? Look, they yeah. can't be much worse than some of the kits that have come out <laughs> this season. <laughs> yeah. uh, worst worst jersey, not sure. Actually, uh, I'll give you one. The Raiders navy blue jersey from a few years ago, like away jersey, was just completely pointless. Um, their jerseys this year, apart from the Heritage jersey, are absolute dong. I hate them. Um, it's, the, it's the wrong shade of green. Why are you putting blue on this? What have we done to deserve this? Um, also, for best jerseys, pretty much any Miami Heat jersey from the last couple of years yeah, has been they're, awesome. Yeah, they're like Miami Vice, kind of mm. leaning into that. They've all been, been sick. really, really good. Um, yeah. Oh, the Titans had that one. I had bad ones, that weird nines one. And I remember the... Um, the Which one? The other Bulldogs promo one for a movie. Didn't they have Star, the Star Wars one? Was it? Yes. That yes. Star Wars one. Yeah. 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 Oh, not good. <laughs> Who comes up with these ideas? Yeah, there have been some shockers. But... Um, my favorite kit of all time, though, in any sport, is the French 2006 World Cup away jersey. Uh, the, the, that one that you, the blue. The one I uh, bought sorry, off the eBay. The Zidane yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the best. Ooh, I think good, I have shout. one of my favorites would be I've got the one of the Brooklyn. Net City jerseys, the the uh, the Biggie versions. Did you get the Biggie sweater one? Yeah, the Coogee sweater version. I have yeah. one of those, and I have a Jared Allen for that. And that Ooh, he's nice. probably going to be let go this year, but he's still one of the Nets I like. And uh, yeah, I think that's a baller jersey. Mm. Oh, Knights bloody fluoro, terrible. Yes. Oh yeah, so the bad. mining awful. I personally blame Joel Fitzgibbon. It's his <laughs> that's fault. fair. And thus Lachlan Fitzgibbon. Uh, uh, okay. I have many jersey takes, and I will put them online. 
next question from Matt Coleman. Here we go. He says, how far off of Warren, Lily, Gillespie, McGrath, R, Stark, Cummins, Lyon, Hazelwood? Is he cheating putting Lily in there? He didn't play with those other guys. Did you put Lily or Gillespie? Lee, Did sorry. I said, oh, yeah, I read oh, Lily because right. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm a retard. Right, that makes much that more part. sense. Yeah, I know. Um, well, look, Warren Lee, Gillespie, McGrath is the greatest bowling attack any team's ever had. Um, not even close. They're good, not even close. Yeah. Um, Stark got dropped last year. People forget that. Yeah. I, I like, I'm not a Mitch Stark truther. Neither. I, I like Mitch Stark. I like all these guys, but like Nathan Lyon is not a patch on Shane Warne. No. And Diff- very different kind of bowler. Is So let, let's say if Gillespie's the worst of the three pace bowlers in that quartet of bowlers, um, is he still better than all three of those guys? Probably. Oh, probably not. Maybe Cummins is mm. better. I mean, I don't know. Gillespie, Gillespie as a bowler was very good at... Uh, like holding down an end, but also if he held, if he bowled with McGrath, like he he was very good at being both uh, kind of the the holder of an end and an attacking bowler, whereas Brett Lee could only bowl for like six overs at a time. Yeah, and again, look, these guys are all great bowlers, but they're not striking fear into batsmen like Brett Lee did either. No. And and Glenn McGrath is the best pace bowler of all time. Correct. I mean, just one of those things that that, that we will that look, bowling attack just it it sung it fits so well together as you said that there was yeah. Lee with with the aggression when he come in but Gillespie and McGrath would hold, would never give anything cheap away and then mm. you know Nathan Lyon gets a lot of wickets in this team with pressure built from the other guys imagine you know if, if Shane Warren in that position not Nathan Lyon you also get yeah. a like, ton you can Warren rattle perfect. off those teams from around twenty like you could I get, right off the top of my head right now like Langer Hayden Ponting Mark War Damian Martin Steve War Gilchrist those four bowlers. We will never have a team that good again. We just yeah, will not. No. Like you just have to make your peace with that. Mm. I mean, again, that that team. A lot of those guys are in the greatest eleven of all time. A yeah. lot of them. And, and how many of those bowlers have scored two hundred in a test? None. It's, that's still the most surreal sports moment ever. I think. <laughs> Do you remember they, they they played the World Eleven and goddamn spanked them at that time? Yeah, but it was, it like, was taken seriously. To remember, it was meant to be a six day test, and it, it went for like they yeah, they beat the shit out of them. Yeah, yeah. But it was it was taken seriously too. It wasn't supposed to be like an exhibition. It was like we're going to test this best team ever with a World Eleven, and they yeah. got spanked. Um, yeah, but like for me, like again, Mitch Stark has has a decentish record, but I, I, you know, I'm a full truther of like the doesn't take enough good wickets for me, enough top end wickets mm. that I wouldn't put him in the same class as a Brett Lee, you know, in terms of scaring opposition. I mean, that wouldn't put him up there, you know. And in similar roles, like I think I think Cummins is, is special. Me too. And, I really like Hazelwood as well, just because he's so, um, he's so meticulous. The like crazy part about that that World Eleven is it wasn't even like, it was slightly after the peak as well. I think it was like two thousand and five. Yeah. So like most of the guys I just named were there. I'm, I just pulled it up to look at it, but like Gillespie wasn't even there. We, they had Stuart McGill in the team, Simon Caddish, Brad Hodge, like Shane Watson. That was that that was the that was the twelve man squad. So yeah, um, not even our best team, and we still beat the shit out of a team that was. Graham Smith, Mark Boucher, Raoul Dravid, Shovab Akhtar, mm-hmm. Andrew Flintoff, <laughs> Stephen Harmison, Inzamam, Jack Callis, Brian Lara, Mura Lutheran, Pollock, Stawag, Vittori. Get fucked. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I um I do think that the the jersey that one of those could nick would be Gillespie's. And I do think Hazelwood and Cummins will, f- will finish I, their career yeah. with a better test record. Uh, I think that's probably Gillespie. fair. And I know, I know Brett Lee's average, his test average is high, but that's the role he played in that side. That he was he was allowed to give up runs for his aggression. 
You know, that's his, his average is high. I think he's probably got the worst average of all these guys outside Nathan Lyon out of what we listed. But whatever. I don't think um, – I don't even think Mitch Stark's at the best left armour quick of the last 15 years for Australia, let alone, you know, the best quick like Brett Lee. Yeah, I think that's fair. Mm. Uh, last question. And then, I, well, then I'm gonna, we're going to talk about Chris's movies before we end for Bogart, yep, yep. as always. Uh, last question, Danger underscore Angus. Says, with Crown Casinos in Perth having exclusive pokey rights, how would a new expansion club in Perth be, a- be able to stand on their own two feet, slash be profitable, slash be admitted into the comp without a pokey license? Be privately owned. <sighs> yeah, I mean, this is – I actually had someone raise this when talking about Perth expansion. I didn't actually know this. Mm. But I've noted before this, but yeah, I didn't realize that in Perth that the pokies could only be playing at the casino and obviously yes. rugby league is run and owned by pokies. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the, the survival of a club out there, I mean, same thing over here, really. Like the, the guys, like the, I know the Sharks of a club, but they're not exactly brimming full of money from their RSL, from their, mm. sorry, leagues club. It'd be, yeah, privately owned and the, and the league grants and then, you know, who knows if I mean, Perth the, change laws. The, the two clubs that at the moment are pokey free uh Souths and um and the storm the and they're both privately owned they have they would have to be owned by whether it's private equity or you know like a you know a russell crow figure um or a conglomerate like it is at, at melbourne uh, but yeah it would have to be have to be privately owned there's no other way around it yeah any any additional takes bungers no, I think that's I think that's completely right. Are they allowed to have um, meat raffles? Ooh, good question. <laughs> oh, we've got a late two questions from Eddie NZ over on Patreon. Rowan Edwards, he says, uh, which current NRL player is the next to win Man of the Steel and why is it Matt Moylan? <laughs> Perfect. I'll move on from that. I'll Very good. His other question, what's the all-time greatest wrestling theme music? Uh, uh, yeah, I think it's you have to go with the glass shattering. <sighs> oh, yeah, I did, like, did like that. Did like that. That's good. As uh, as you know, Bung, Bung, as I was a wrestling fan in my teen years. If people don't listen, I was in my teen years, not now. Mm. So I've been a fan for a while, so there might be better themes out now that I'm there might be better themes, of. but nothing gets the punters going like the glass shattering. <sighs> That's it. Well, the, the, the ones that always come to mind for me is a glass shattering. Uh, the rocks, you know, when you hear, if you smell, you know, some shit's coming. Yep. Uh, Shawn Michaels up there. Yeah. Uh, singing your own theme song is Baller. <laughs> Chris Jericho as well. Chris Jericho. And then the other one's going to say Chris Jericho, but also uh, Shane McMahon. Yep. That's it for Shane me. McMahon might have the best song. Um, and also yeah. uh, um, Kurt Angle's song is also very good. Yeah, and I as a, as a when I was like thirteen or twelve, or whatever it was, when Undertaker became the American badass, I did love obviously having Limp Biscuit as a. <laughs> as a, theme is song. a very underrated theme song, it and is. actually his best theme song. Is there any good ones now, Bung? I find yeah, underrated theme general uh, is, gen- is overrated. Chris Jericho's new one, like again, sings his own theme song now. It's just one of his band songs called Judas. It's really good. Um, mm-hmm. Cody Rhodes also has a really good theme song. Um, another AEW guy. Um, WWE, I mean, they've still got like Randy Orton voices is great. Um, uh, I loved both Sam Punk's theme songs, both the, his uh, first one, Fireburns, and then Cult of Personality, which is obviously like really famous song in its own right. Um, mm. Yeah, there's, there's quite a few. I, I must admit, I haven't been watching it anywhere near as much lately as I 
did in the past. I mean, the two reasons for that are, A, we got rid of Foxtel. So now I have to actually go and download Raw and SmackDown every week. And I just usually can't be fucked. So I usually pretty much just watch pay-per-views now. And the other, the other factor is that like, I've been able to enjoy sport pretty much as much without crowds, but like wrestling without crowds is so much yeah. weirder. I, I was watching, um, I was watching some boxing this week, which I've been doing a little over the last few weeks. And I watched a title fight with no crowd and it was absolutely bizarre. Like being not necessarily just being able to hear, like there's no atmosphere, of course, that's the same as, as the point that you were making, but like, it's so quiet that you can hear their feet on the canvas and it's, it's like unsettling. It's really strange. Um, so, but it's the same kind of thing. Like it's, there's no atmosphere, so they can't kind of feed off it. It's just like watching two people quietly punch each other. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I've watched, no, I don't really watch any wrestling, but I did see on my timeline a few, like well early in the pandemic, someone po- posted a video of what wrestling's like now without a crowd. Mm. And there's, you know, I know everyone's talking about the tanking ratings for it, but there's no coincidence for mine. Like it is like, is it not the biggest crowd interaction sport you know, oh, in the world yeah 100 <laughs> yeah. percent. like you know the le- it's fun down at the leagues club when there's 50 people watching it because of the crowd what, what was the <laughs> what was the um can i get a hell yeah yeah oh my god and yeah there's no are one they, there they, and one of the production guys says it are they doing that with like stone cold watts yeah are they playing it over the, over the speakers when he goes yeah. what people are going what <laughs> is that it yeah anyway um Anyway, let's move on, Bunga. Before we wrap up for the year, it's like the, we've done this almost every year on the podcast, but it feels like it's mm-hmm. most appropriately time now. We talk about your um your Christmas movie takes. You're you're a savant of Christmas movies, some would say. You know, mm-hmm. the, and as the original list king, I feel like you've yeah. got to give us a, at least a couple of ones people should watch over the next few weeks. All right, well, guys. So uh, tomorrow is Christmas Eve. That is the day I watch It's a Wonderful Life every year. It is the best christmas movie it is one of the best movies ever made it's on stand if you don't if you haven't seen it before you can download it whatever it is so so good it was made like 70 years ago but it still holds up somehow not racist either mitchell yeah. but somehow um, there's a there's a black person in it and there's not racism which is good it like is weird that that happens up. but yep uh i can't say no. you guys have both seen it right i mean i know you have dale have you seen it yeah yeah i like watched it? it oh very good film holds okay. up good yeah, I watched um, it with Anna for her first time, what, four nights ago, maybe? And did she uh, like it? She, she liked it. It held oh, up. I've never met anyone that hasn't liked it. And it's going to make me really sad one day when someone watches it. It was boring. There's definitely um, some, some scene, like some, a couple of scenes that are a bit awkwardish now. Just like his relationship with his wife is like, do you, do, a bit awkward. Yeah, but, but for the t- that's when he's on a downward spiral after thinking that he's correct. going to jail and stuff. Correct. So I mean, oh, no, not, not, not that spray. It's like at the start, they're a bit weird too. Yeah. Right. I got the spray. The spray is like me during the, like every other second day. Of Why the are week. so many kids here? <laughs> yeah, no. Why well, have we got so many kids? One of the All great right. sprays. Um, I really like A Christmas Story. Charlie thought it was boring, so we don't watch it together anymore. That's the one where Ralphie wants the Red Rider BB gun for Christmas. Somewhere he's pre- they- Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I like it, although that does not hold up. Like the end is super racist. So, um, uh, what did I watch? I watched Bad Santa uh, the other night. Uh, so good. Still haven't yeah. seen the second one. Don't really have any desire to. Um, there is a. I didn't know either. It came out like a couple of years ago. Uh, still got Billy Bob in it, so it's fine. Mm. But um, I assumed it had like Larry the Cable Guy in it because that's what those movies seem to have with the number twos. So. I'm surprised Billy Bob's there. Yeah. 
Um, is the fat kid in it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's an adult now, though, so it's not as good. Um, they should have got a different fat kid, I feel. Um, Elf, obviously, fantastic. Um, uh, from, I might watch Elf tonight, actually, the 23rd. Um, Home Alone, Home Alone 2, obviously brilliant. Both of them, seen them both a million times. We watched... I went to get I've, I've one thing I really like to do, which I've been meaning to get around to, is ranking all the pranks in Home Alone and Home Alone Two by like, like on a scale that both measures the like injury factor and the funniness. So like for example, like when he tre- when he treads on the nail, not funny at all, very painful. Yes. But when he gets shot in the dick with a BB gun, hilarious. Also very painful. But not as painful as stepping on a nail and twenty times more funny. You Dropping a brick have- on his. Dropping yeah, a brick on his head. Here. Dropping it, yeah, exactly. Dropping a brick on someone's head from the top of a building, probably kills them. Yes, but still pretty funny. <laughs> um, so <laughs> I'm watching both of those. Uh, we, we we watched Jingle All the Way again the other day. It's so stupid, but it's so funny. Mm. Um, I love it. You've just got to take it for what it is. A, a dumb Christmas movie where Arnold Schwarzenegger plays a man called like Howard Langston or something, and it's just. <laughs> It's so shit, but it's good. Um, Love actually watch that every year on the first of December. Obviously, a great movie. Um, I we went and saw Last Christmas in the cinema last year. That was on with Amelia Clark and um, the very handsome guy. What's his name? Uh, Henry Golding. Um, I liked it. Oh really? Um, it got, <laughs> it got mixed reviews. Uh, I I just thought they had good chemistry. The pair of them. Um, I probably wouldn't watch it again though. Uh, Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. Watch the OG one. The remake's not great. It's no, it doesn't really. It's not. It's not bad, but I watched the remake because it was always on TV as a kid, mm. um, and I didn't realize that. Um, I didn't realize that there was an original. And I only watched it a couple of years ago, but the original is better. Although the the remake has uh, Matilda in it, which is cool because Matilda is a dope movie. Um, <laughs> uh, Rocky Four counts as a Christmas movie on this list of Christmas films, um, which I'm okay with. Fine. Why not? I mean, uh, it's wonderful for life. Is one of the great cons of being a Christmas movie too. It's a Christmas movie for the last like twenty minutes. So whatever. That's true. It's great. Other. That's in. a good. That's a fair point, actually. Um, <laughs> not on this list though. I just went on Wikipedia and went on Christmas uh, theatrical releases of Christmas movies. Um, uh, oh no, it's further down under Christmas action films. Die Hard, obviously. Yeah. Uh, great film. Um, Lethal Weapons also on here. Um, yeah, I think. Mean, well, it's, we're going through Anna's first Christmas, which she's enjoying. So we are we watching these for the first time. So, so if we, we watch It's Wonderful Life, she's a big fan. She has seen Bad Santa and Elf before. Didn't okay. like didn't like uh, the Santa Claus, you know, the Tim Allen movie. I was about to say, I don't like the Santa Claus. It's not very good. Well, again, I liked it as a child. Also didn't like it rewatching it now. Yeah. Not very um, good. So we rewatch all these every year at various parts of the... Um, of, of December, but the, the 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 ones that are always done on the same day are Love Actually on the first when we put the tree up. It's a wonderful life on Christmas Eve, and then on Christmas night when you're winding down, you've had a great Christmas. You put on National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Good shout. And that movie is still so fucking funny. <laughs> well, yeah. So we watched uh, the Muppets Christmas Carol. She wasn't a big fan of that either. Oh, so we watch that on Christmas morning as well. Usually, Charlie loves it. Yeah, it's I like pretty it funny. Too. Yeah, but that's I like it. it. So. The rest on the list is uh, watching a miracle on thirty fourth. We've started that last night. Oh, good. Through that, but yeah, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacations on that list as well. Oh, I forgot so Scrooged by Bill with Bill Murray. Also have pretty I, good. Have I seen Scrooged? It's like Christmas Carol, but with Bill Murray in it. Oh, I don't think I've actually seen that. 
So I, I like watched I it for watch the first it. time last year. It was pretty good. Made me laugh. I'm in. Good. All right. And that, but that's basically it. And um, there's a couple of others that people count, but I don't count like trading places. Don't really count as a Christmas movie. Um, mm. uh, whatever. Um, but yeah, no Christmas movies. Some of them are good. Well, have you seen, correct. uh, a league and Bunnings is now a thing. Yeah. I did yes. say that. That's great. The Bunnings ladder. It's just terrible. Live ladder. <laughs> I mean, it's not a Papa John's for free. Here. That's <laughs> terrible. But are they getting free nails for the coffin of the A League? God, are they? Are they go. Yeah. <laughs> They're gonna still They're have the random Bunnings employee on their ads. I hope they do. Oh, that would be very funny. I'd be just in there. Brian Grant being like, "Yeah, come down and get some uh, cherry pot of pots, eh, lads." <laughs> Got these yes. sick star pickets. Only four ninety four a pair. Yeah, uh, I'd, like, I'd actually like the same ad, but from the dressing room with guys at like Ryan Grant promoting yeah. A-League. Bunnings Cam, A-League at the end. Cam <laughs> Devlin, I've got no front teeth. Come uh, and get some tools. Oh, so God. Terrible. Okay, anyway, that's it. We're done here. All right. yep. Good All job, right. team. Uh, have a Merry Christmas, everyone, and thank yeah. you again for listening. Um, we Christmas really do appreciate it. All right, say goodbye, Mitchell. Goodbye, Mitchell. Say goodbye, Dale. See ya. And it's goodbye from me. <laughs>